0: Life Audio. Today, as we go through Psalm 112, there's a verse in there that always just gets my heart. It says, light shines in the darkness for the godly. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like as believers, we go through dark seasons, whether they are dark days or dark weeks or dark months or sometimes even dark years. But yet what we see is this promise that light shines in the darkness for the godly. Today, we're going to get into that and more. Stay tuned. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we're going through our Psalms devotional study and reading, and we're going to be going through Psalm 112. And if you're just joining us, I want to let you know about a couple resources we have. Every Monday, we send out a newsletter, and in the newsletter, I pull out some journaling prompts to help you go through this information, to process it, to help you get the information from your head and into your heart. I send that out every Monday for free. If you go to shehears.org, you can sign up for that. And then also, if you'd like the journaling prompts from previous episodes, you can find those at shehears.org. Just look for the resources section and then scroll down until you find the Psalms guided journals. I pray that those are blessings for you. Again, we're going through the Psalms one at a time as a devotional reading to kind of give some context and some history and some culture. Because while all of scripture was written for us, it was not originally written to us. It was written to a different audience at a different time in history that would have understood things differently than the way we understand them. And not to say that Holy Spirit can't impart his um, inspiration and his definition of what he wants us to understand. He absolutely can. But what I find is explaining some of these things enriches our understanding of the text. Because just even in simple terms, you know, back then they were an agrarian society, they, they did agriculture, they understood about things like farming or Just even locations where where things were where we don't necessarily understand all of that. And so the goal of this is really to just help you understand it, not to replace your Bible reading, but to supplement it. So we're going to be going through Psalm 112 today. And today I'm reading from the New Living Translation, starting at verse one. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news they confidently trust the lord to care for them they are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly they share freely and give generously to those in need their good deeds will be remembered forever they will have influence and honor the wicked will see this and be infuriated they will grind their teeth in anger they will slink away their hopes thwarted So today's psalm would be categorized as a wisdom psalm, and there's a couple different interesting things I wanted to point out for you. It's actually, Psalm 112 is actually very similar to Psalm 1, and if you look back or if you go back to that study that we did, they're both across six psalms, and so they both begin with this word blessed, and then they end with this verb that is basically saying it will come to nothing. It's also really interesting to understand that this is the way we read it in most of the modern translations today. This is a neutral translation and the modern translations, it's certainly justified because a lot of the things that are described, a lot of the traits that are described are relevant to both men and women. But for the original audience, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that this psalm in that ancient setting would have been primarily geared towards men. Very similar to what we saw in yesterday's psalm, this is also an acrostic psalm, which every colon, if you're reading through this, every colon begins with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And again, that indicates this order and a complete coverage of this topic. The commentary goes through, and we're going to kind of get into that in a minute, it goes through the description of a godly person and also God himself. And there's connection between yesterday's psalm and today's psalm. It's really, really interesting though, that I've never, I had never heard this before I studied it. This Psalm, Psalm 112 is very similar and it's, Um, connected to the Proverbs 31. So Proverbs 31, everybody knows that that's the Proverbs 31 woman and it talks about her wisdom and some characteristics of her. But this Psalm 112 is essentially originally was the male counterpart to that Psalm. And we don't hear about that very often. So I thought that was really interesting and maybe just a lens for you to read through this Psalm together because you, if you're reading a modern translation, you wouldn't necessarily get that. So as it opens up, there is an opening call for, again, the congregation to worship God. And so what the psalmist is doing is he's offering a blessing for the wise person. And again, the, the wise person is always defined, at least in this psalm, as those who fear the Lord. So, of course, it's not just talking to everybody, but it's talking to those that follow God, follow Yahweh. And so those who fear God are not only paying attention to God's law, his commands, but they're also delighting in. It. And that's one of those parallels that we see all the way back in Psalm 1. But the reason why they're delighting in it is because they know that God's law, God's will, expresses his best plan for his people. And as we live in this world that God created, essentially we should be listening to the rules that he has created for us as his creation, because that's his best plan for us. And so what this Psalm is doing is indicating that those that follow God understand this and they follow that general sense. And again, one who fears God, I want to point this out too. one who fears God is what the Psalm is saying is they're not going to have room to fear other people. And they're not going to fear other situations. And so the the noble woman that's described in Proverbs 31, it says that she is one who is to be praised because she fears the Lord. And so this fearing the Lord concept is one that should be the primary lens in which we interact and understand the world around us. If we are fearing the Lord, we're not going to fear the government. If we fear the Lord, we're not going to fear the news cycle. If we fear the Lord, we're not going to feel fear our circumstances. Does it mean those things aren't difficult? Absolutely not. Does it mean we're not going to have some emotion around them? Absolutely not. But, but the primary way that we can live our lives as followers of God is we can say, okay, God, even though I don't understand, I trust you. It's this hermeneutic of trust we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. So as we move down to the second stanza, it begins by really talking about the blessing that's going to come on those who fear God. And they will be blessed as talking, this blessing is talking about how they will be blessed with material things and a strong and influential family. And those are the type of blessings that are described all the way back in Deuteronomy 28. And that's also a blessing that comes to those that are obeying God. So the blessing says You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and when you go out. And so we can see that this concept of a blessing for those that fear God is very common to their culture. And then additionally, they're not going to waver in their relationship with God when it says their righteousness endures forever. They are, in a sense, like God himself, meaning they're acting like God, they are gracious and compassionate like God, they're wise in how they distribute their resources to those who need them, just as God himself has distributed food to those who fear him. And it talks about in Proverbs, the the woman of noble, noble character, it talks in that passage about how she opens her arms to the poor and, and extends her hands to the needy. This is that parallel that we see where it's talking about the male counterpart. And so the wise person should also lend to those that are in need and and not for the sake of notoriety or not for the sake of charging interest and making something off of them, but because they're in need, because that's the behavior we see model for us in God's nature. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into the rest of this Psalm. Stay tuned. Then it goes down into the third stanza and it talks about their hearts being secure. And what that's doing is it's recognizing that life is really full of the potential pitfalls and threats. We see that even now. I mean, hardly a day goes by that we don't hear about some other crazy story on the news about what's happening, even our own communities. And so the wise person, which again, here is characterized as someone that is righteous, that wise person is going to face this world full of confidence because there's this steadfast relationship with God that is fueling this confidence in who he is and and his protection. And so as it stated before the fear of God doesn't leave room for fear of anything or anyone else. And like the noble woman in Proverbs, the righteous will face bad news even with a a hermeneutic of trust, with this understanding that we can trust God even when we don't understand. In Proverbs 31, it talks about how she can laugh at the days to to come. And that's interesting because essentially what's going to happen is when we settle into this identity, the identity of who God has created us to be as we are or pursuing a relationship with him, that relationship replaces the the place where fear would be. We we may not know what's to come. But we know that we serve a God that's going to be alongside of us every step of a step of the way. And he's as a provider and as a protector, there's a confidence there that, that people that aren't believers just don't have. And I think that's such good news for us because there's so many things about our world right now that are so unpredictable. And yet we can sit in this place of confidence knowing that as God's children, as the creation, that the creator has us covered. Down in verse 10, it talks about the wicked gnashing their teeth. And really what that's doing is it's helping us understand that that people that are wicked, that are living under this illusion that they can exploit others or oppress others, they're they're really seeking after material gain and money and power and fame and status. And what the message of this psalm is, is that the blessings of the righteous were, will eventually anger and frustrate the wicked. And that's where the implication of gnashing the teeth comes from, this anger and frustration of the wicked, because the things that they're chasing after are temporary. Material gain is temporary. Finances are temporary. Power is temporary. Status is temporary. What isn't temporary is knowing what, what God does, that blessing that comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not a temporary thing. It's an eternal thing. And so regardless of what we go through in this life, in an eternal perspective, there's a blessing that cannot be taken away from us. Overall, what Psalm 112 does is it describes a godly man. And it's presenting a picture of him that is this reflection of God himself. And it's described, you know, back in Psalm 111, what we read yesterday, which is the companion psalm. There's this related picture of the noble woman in Proverbs 31. And then what we recognize is that Jesus is the perfect expression of the godly man that is described in this psalm. Paul actually cites verse 9 of this psalm in 2 Corinthians when he's talking about the collection for the poor and he uses this psalm to remind his hearers that a godly person is generous and he's encouraging the people that are hearing that message to also be generous. And so I love that because sometimes we don't recognize like I didn't recognize this when I first read it until I really started studying that this is kind of a male counterpart to the Proverbs 31. So I just pray that that's helpful for you as we reread this starting back in verse one. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy, and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust in the Lord to care for them. They're confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. The wicked will see this and be infuriated. They will grind their teeth in anger and they will slink away their hopes thwarted. God, we thank you for this example of a godly man and what... An, an amazing counterpart that is to Proverbs 31 when we look for a godly woman. God, help us to understand that and take that to heart. But yet even more so than that, Lord, help us as the righteous to lean into this idea that the fear of God leaves no room for fear of anything else. So Lord, I want to pray right now for my friend that might be experiencing some fear, fear of their circumstances or fear of a person or fear of the world around them. Lord God, help them to lean into their relationship with you. We know that the key there is our relationship with you, that our fear of you, our understanding of you, our awe of you, our trust in you replaces the fear that the enemy could throw our way. Lord God, I pray against that fear in the name of Jesus. I pray for peace for my friend today. In Jesus name. Amen. Hey, friends, are you needing a couple more resources? I want to let you know that in addition to the resources I mentioned today on the show, I have a whole section of my website called the resources page. There is a free download for a seven-day devotional. There are lots of Bibles, journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles. There's my Bible study, She Hears, which is a Bible study about Jesus and the book of John and six women that he interacts with. He encourages, he calls, he equips. And then in that Bible study, I teach Teach the color method and the color method is designed for you to be able to take that method and use it on any passage of scripture. So I encourage you to check that out if you're finding that you need some additional resources to dig a little bit deeper. I pray those are a blessing for you.